1: This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 376th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons went down 21-18 today in the Caesars Superdome in New Orleans against their rival New Orleans Saints. The Saints jumped out to a 14-0 lead. The Falcons cut it to 14-3. Then the Saints uh, cut it to 10, 14 to 10. Saints scored 21 to 10, and the Falcons came back with a uh, touchdown and a two-point conversion to make it another one-score game. They even had the ball with uh, time to go on their 10-yard line and were driving into the Saints' territory, when on fourth and five, they appeared to have the, the conversion yardage needed, but... Justin Evans came up from behind and knocked the ball off of Drake London. It was recovered by Bradley Roby, cornerback, former Peachtree Ridge kid, went to Ohio State, and the Saints were able to run it all the way down to nine seconds left in the game. Falcons threw a short pass. Then they kind of had a hook and lateral type play set up. but Desmond tried to get out of bounds. They didn't get it set up. Demario Davis kind of... uh, spooked him on that, and the Falcons went home in defeat. The Falcons are now 5-9 on the season. The uh, Saints are also 5-9, and, and the Panthers are also 5-9. They lost to the Steelers, and uh, as we're preparing here, the uh, Bengals appear to have pulled away from the Bucks. The Bucks had a 17-0 lead, came out strong, but just looks like the whole NFC South uh, except for the Saints are going to get swept this week. That's going to keep it close cuz the Bengals hold on they'll be they will drop the Bucks to 6 and 8. So everybody will be a game back with three games to play and not mathematically eliminated from the playoff hunt just yet. But the Falcons uh regrouped themselves and before we go on to more about the game, we had a scary scene before things even got started here today. Uh, defensive coordinator, Dean Pease uh, collided with a Saints player doing warmups and needed medical attention on the field. They carted him off on the gurney, had him strapped in there really good and uh, went to a local hospital. About third quarter, they said he was up and well and would make the flight home with the team. So, Scary episode here before the football even got started, but we were able to update you uh, right on time. And uh, right in the third quarter, the Falcons were really good about getting the information and getting the updates to, uh, to you all on Coach Dean P. So before we get into the football, we just want to wish uh, Coach Dean a speedy recovery. And man, that was a scary incident right there before the start of the game. So let's go ahead and get on here to uh, Coach Arthur Smith. He gave the update on Dean Pease. Dean's back with us. He's all right.
2: Um, you know, obviously, that was a scary moment in pregame and, and seeing him get up on, the, uh, on the board and, and cart it off. Um, certainly, the defensive staff give Frank Bush a lot of credit. Those guys rallied. Um, but thankfully, Dean's all right. He's
3: back with us.
1: And the next, uh, you know, Drake London, you know, some guys, I remember a former tight end uh, who's no longer with the team. He was a rookie, and he made a mistake late in the game, and and he didn't want to talk to the media. He said he had to call his mom. And uh, the old-timers, I'm not throwing Austin Hooper under the bus, but the old-timers, you know, uh, well, that's who it was. It was Austin Hooper. And uh, Drake London stood there, answered the questions. He was not happy about it. Having a good game, caught seven balls for 70 yards. So he was a stand up guy. He knew he should have tucked that ball in in the middle of the field. The guys were coming at it, they're grabby. He knew about that. Here's what he had to say about his fumble at the end of the game.
2: Yeah, so it was fourth and five. Um, like I said, I decided to go for it. Three timeouts. Knowing that, you know, we could hold him. If we didn't get it, you could hold him to a field goal and still have a chance, you know, to go one it with a touchdown. And, felt good about it. I thought uh, this game went on. You know, Dez settled down and they delivered the ball to Drake. We got to do a better job of the ball security. They made a play and popped it out. And we got to do a better job there. You know, chance going in to possibly win the game or at least tie it.
1: Actually, that was Coach Smith on this phone, but we're going to get to uh, Drake a little bit later. Yeah, but he's a stand up guy. That was my point. And and Coach is uh, talking there about ball security. So, you know, this was Desmond Ritter's first game here uh, as the starter for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And they came out trying to throw the ball, wanted to get them out of the box. They knew they were going to be geared up to stop the run. They couldn't stop it. The Falcons went over 200 yards. But same problems persisted, you know, and why they made the switch was they hadn't been able to connect in the passing game. And they didn't do so again here today. But here's what Arthur Smith had to say about Desmond Ritter's performance. Yeah, I thought he was amped up early. You know, we were aggressive
2: early. There was a couple other things I thought he was pressing, um, but he did a nice job settling down. D led. You know, there was going to be some something he was going to have to fight through. Uh, he's not scared of the moment. He's poised. Like again, it wasn't perfect. There are a lot of things if we got to look at the tape. Uh, I like what he's made up of. I think it says a lot about him. As we finished the game, we were able to run the ball really well, which took some stress off the passing game. Um, I don't know how the yards per clip, but you certainly feel it out there. And then, like I said, they they
1: made a play. We got to do a better job with the ball security at the end. But there's a lot to coach off. of. All right, now the if you all are staying with us here, you know the Ravens played the Browns yesterday on Saturday, so they had an extra day to get ready for the Saturday matchup with the Falcons. The Falcons have a short week. Here's what Arthur Smith had to say about the short week that's coming up.
2: You know, we're going to have another big challenge on the road. Uh, short week, right? Baltimore played yesterday. We got to turn around. You know, we'll be out there Tuesday. Uh, you know, it's one day shorter. An opponent that we're not real familiar with, uh, you know, in another conference. It's supposed to be cold, you know, other things. Will, it'll be good for him. Test, short week, good defense. Go on the road, see if we can make the improvements.
1: All right, Desmond Ritter, we spoke with him after the game. Here is how Desmond assessed his performance.
4: You know, going going into this week, it was about, you know, communication and being able to get in and out of the huddle and working efficiently with that and handling the environment, um, which I thought we did a really good job of as, as an offense, getting on the ball, um, you know, not letting that play cock run down on us, getting the, the up front communicated. Um, so from that ass, uh, standpoint, I feel like we did a, a pretty good job of Um, and then obviously the execution part. Up front, um, you know, they did a heck of a job blocking in both the run game and the pass game for me. Um, And then, you know, you talk about the pass game from my standpoint, um, obviously, you know, not where we want it to be. Um, Some of those deep balls, got to give the guys a chance to go make a play. Um, Try to be too perfect on those, try to put it out in front of them to make, you know, a perfect ball when in reality, all you got to do is just give them a chance. Um, So that'll be something I look back on and be able to work on.
1: Once he got comfortable, Ritter tended to settle down, and the offense got moving. They just had to run it. Uh, they had a couple two-rush-only touchdown drives to get back in this thing. But he was passing in that last drive and hit on the fourth and five pass to uh, you know get into Saints territory. They're about 12 yards away from a field goal and uh, 47 yards from a score to win the game. So that's something to build on moving forward. Here's what he's had to say about his first few drives of the game.
4: Um, obviously, you know, you're going to have, you know, nerves, uh, anxiety, whatever it may be of just getting out there, first start, um, crazy environment. Just, you know, this is the, you know, this, like I said earlier in the week, um, this is, you know, what all of us dream of is to come into the NFL and, and have, be able to start a first game. Um, so obviously there's a lot of emotions going on through that, um, but just being able to settle in and get going, obviously that first drive coming out, um, you know, not being able to move the ball. Um, and then, you know, settling in, I, I think that really helped. But, you know, it, it's just about being able to, to come out there and play efficiently.
1: Now, Ritter, um, once he got moving, he talked about the nerves going away. Here's what he had to say about uh, when the nerves went away.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, just after that first drive. Um, obviously, the first drive, like we said, you got emotions, you got everything going. You just want to get out there and be perfect and, you know, go down there first drive, 75 yards, score a touchdown. Um, and obviously that's not how it went. Um, when we came back off the sideline. It was like, okay, deep breath. Let's go back out there to work.
1: And you know, Ritter uh, he targeted London eleven times, but he saw him land on the field after the fumble. And here's what he had to say to Drake London after the fumble.
4: Yeah, I saw him. I saw him land on the ground um, for a split second too long than what I thought. So I, I sprinted over there to run and pick him up um, because you know at the end of the day he's going to look at that and you know think the game that. If he would have caught that and we would have kept going, we would have scored or whatever it may have been. That you know he thinks that that one play right there was, is what made and broke the game, um, which is absolutely not true at all. Um, you know Drake made a lot of great a lot of great plays in that game. Um, obviously that one didn't go the way we wanted to. Um, but you know I just told him, hey, you know it, it doesn't matter. We're just going to go back to work. Um, you know don't don't hang your head on that because you know that's not who he is. Um, and so you know I'm just excited to get back to work um, and come in tomorrow.
1: This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
3: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them.
1: All right, we're back here with the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we have some questions uh, for the mailbag. We're going to have our senior producer Daniel Solerson go over the questions that you all sent in after the game. Thanks for much. Thanks so much for sending those along. We really appreciate it. Hey, what do you have for us today, Daniel?
5: Uh, we got a lot. D led, and again, you can follow D led on Twitter at D Orlando AJC. Uh, someone actually sent you an email, so we're going to get to that one first. Uh, a lot of a lot of tweets today, uh, not a lot of happy ones, but that's what happens uh, with another tough loss. Well, let's get to the one to your email, d Led, And he asked, please explain in an article how the Falcons always find a way to lose a game. When you watch them as a team, they play like they cannot figure out how to win. They tend to find ways to lose them. And d Led, there's been a lot of close games this year. What's been going on with why they haven't been able to close a lot of them out?
1: Yeah, four and seven now in one score games, and I think, um, you know, I've been pointing to the fact that, you know, it's almost 80 million now of dead cap salary space, so that's at least five more players, so you're stronger, uh, and and you got more depth, and, uh, you know, uh, you can pull out games, so I just think, you know, they're getting beat beat by um, other teams making the one play. The one play today was the fumble. You know, you can't let Tyson Hill come in and throw a 68-yard bomb. You know, Richie Grant undercut the play. He shouldn't be, you know, doing that. You're supposed to stay deeper than the deepest guy. I mean, granted, Shahid's a um, pretty fast rookie. But I think uh, as you get, um, you know, build out the roster, draft some more players and, and coach them because they're coaching are pretty good to be in these one-score games with you know, a roster—the roster that they have—is uh, is to be commended. But we said last year when they were winning all these one store, one score games, we told y'all that that was unsustainable. You got to go out and play football for four quarters and beat somebody. You can't ebb and flow everything back. You can't come out and give the Saints fourteen points. You're not good enough to spot a team fourteen points. The Bengals—they spotted Tampa Bay seventeen points, then they then they flat raced them for twenty seven. So, you know, I just don't think the, the talent level is up high enough to be overly concerned about it. You know, the league is designed to be 8-8, eight and, eight, and the Falcons are right there. And most of these games are going to probably be around 8-9. Uh, if they could run the table here, 7-9, which is what they were, 7-10, which is what they were last year. And that's, you know, for a teardown to be right in the middle uh, of the pack, I think is a positive sign. So I don't want to. Uh, you know, I don't want to make too much of these uh, close game losses. I think they're undermanned, and that's um, that's what I'm pointing to as to why they are four and seven in one score games.
5: Yeah, it's good that you can at least tear, turn it into a positive Let I certainly appreciate that. Uh, let's go to some of the, the tweets that you were able to get. Uh, this one from at a underscore 17 being the fourth best run team in the league. Why didn't you and I'm not going to say you. Why didn't the team open the game up and establishing the run?
1: Yeah, they the, the Saints knew that, too. They thought that, um, you know, they were going to sit it in a box and then make rid throw. So the Falcons, maybe they all thought themselves and came out and threw a bomb on the first play of the game. And uh, we all know that Matt Ryan's first play as a rookie was a 62-yard touchdown pass to Michael Jenkins. So um, sometimes you got to do what you're good at and not worry about the other guy. And eventually that's what they did to get back in the game. They they ran the ball for those two touchdown drives, all runs. Uh, Ritter had two passes called, and he pulled it down on on two of the um all runs on the uh patterson touchdown drive when he scored the three-yard touchdown drive so uh yeah at some point you got to stop trying to be cute uh they were in the pistol on the five-yard line again which you know i don't like especially when you can push people into the end zone now but tyler algier found and knifed his way in there from five yards out for a touchdown. So. Uh, it's different ways to do it, but yeah, at some point, um, I guess when you feel a little bit better by your roster, you just line up and play your game and not try to uh, trick the other team so so
5: much. All right, another question. This is from Julie. Do you think Smith, Arthur Smith, was bullied into switching to Ritter by Ritter fans Medias and Smith said repeatedly that he would stay with Mariota as long as they were in the playoff hunt? This game clearly shows Ritter is not a better option and likely took the Falcons out of the hunt. What do you say about that, D-Led?
1: I disagree with that. Uh I, I I thought you stick with the um the veteran until you're mathematically eliminated. But yeah, there was a outcry and um a media frenzy for Ritter. But I think that was uh based on the fact that uh, you know, it's kind of the microwave era and uh, the fact that they were close to end games and really just need to hit a couple pass plays here and there. And we saw today later on that once he settled down, that he can, you know, at least he can find Drake London. So he threw 11 balls his way. So um, that's not uncommon for a rookie quarterback. Uh, Brett Favre, his us, uh, earlier in his career in Green Bay, because he was a rookie here in Atlanta, and then he got traded him and Glanville had a big fight, and, you know, he was hanging out in Buckhead and all that stuff. But anyway, all he did was throw a Sterling Sharp for, for the first two years of his career. Sterling caught about 230, 40 balls. So as he learns how to read and gets more comfortable with other guys, uh, yeah, he's going to have somebody to lean on. So his guy is uh, is uh, London for now. So that that's a good sign that he could get the ball to somebody. And now he's got to learn how to move it around when people start jumping London and everything. So um, that, that was a takeaway from here. But uh, yeah, I, I I certainly don't believe the coach is gonna listen to the media about who's gonna play quarterback. Uh, but uh, I thought, yeah, um, they were gonna be committed to his development. Uh, I know Patrick Mahomes only played one game his first year. I, I think you would have rolled it all the way out. But they were clearly frustrated with um, Marcus's performance and was hoping to spark the offense today. In the passing game, but they didn't necessarily do it. He didn't even get over 100 yards passing.
5: Yeah, he definitely won't listen to the media as far as who to pull it in at quarterback. That's for sure, based on what he's been saying all year long. Another one this from at Spy Parent, is it time for the Falcons to hire an offensive coordinator, D-Led?
1: Oh, no. I'm thinking they're fine on offense. Uh, You got to be pleased with where they're at. They're in the top part of the league and running, and that's the hard part. You can put the passing with that, Uh, you know, uh, certainly an offseason of um timing. Uh, um gotta bring some more receivers in here. Uh, you know, you get Kyle Pitts back. You know, you got a big time tight end and a big time wide receiver. I wanted to see Pitts, London, and Patterson on the same side of the field on a trips formation, uh, you know, to get the passing game going. But uh, the hard part is the running game, and they got that, they got that going with, you know, some guys that they're gonna probably get rid of. Uh, in the um in the line and get even better players up front so once you got the running game it should be easier to build the passing game off of it certainly uh your play action stuff should work your bootlegs should work and your screen game should work and we we saw little bits and pieces of that today
5: all right last one d this is from at frustrated falcons fan how did coach smith decide to use desmond ritter's abilities did desmond look especially well prepared today
1: I thought he did. They said he did. And the veterans that we talked to concurred. So to me, you know, I'm 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 here watching like you all. I didn't see any delay of games. I didn't see any twelve men on the field. I saw some people going the wrong way one time on the screen to to uh prove it. But uh, you know, and I saw blockers miss the guys in the open field. But as far as structurally and um getting lined up and uh all the coaching type stuff that was fine the the problems with execution uh getting the ball to people and, and so forth so uh coaching wise and preparation wise he looked uh up to up to speed here and one guy that we trust here at the bowtie chronicles podcast is uh right guard um chris lindstrom and so he's like hey chris you know they were asked uh someone asked uh, Ritter to give himself a grade, and he said C minus D. And uh, uh, Lindstrom said, No, that's a, he did a great job. We got to the line of scrimmage. We weren't rushing. Play clock didn't run down. Uh, and they thought that was a good sign <clears throat> that the quarterback was giving himself such a low grade. So, you know, he's won a lot of respect in the locker room, according to our guy, Chris uh, Lindstrom.
5: All right, good stuff. Thanks to everyone that sent D led either an email or a tweet. You can follow D-Led on Twitter, if you haven't already, at D-Orlando AJC. I'll send it back to you to finish off the show, D-Led.
1: All right, all right. Thank you very much, Uh, Daniel. Thanks for coming on and helping us with the mailbag. And I got all excited earlier about Drake London because he showed such maturity in, in dealing with the fumble today. And so let's hear from Drake London on why he didn't feel good about today and how everything went down.
0: I don't think they went good at the end of the game, you know. We mm-hmm. were trying to get W's, and mm-hmm. obviously that's not something that happened. And part of my play was the reason of it. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm not happy at all about it.
1: All right. Well, here's a bit of that uh, discussion with Chris Lindstrom. We talked to him about uh, whether he had to settle Desmond Ritter down in the huddle.
0: No, not at all. Um, and I think it goes to the competitor and the mindset and everything that Coach said about Des. and. Everything we can say about him, is he's a steady presence. I and mean, it didn't start out the way we wanted to do. Um, but his mindset didn't change. His energy didn't change. He was communicating with us. We were doing the same thing with him. Um, and I just, again, I think that's a testament to him and his mindset because um, never really riding the roller coaster of, the, of emotions during the game. And just was staying in the moment. And I think he did a really, really good job of that. And then these final drives was a great job communicating in those high, high leverage, high pressure situations.
1: All right, running back. Tyler Algier ran for 139 yards, had a nice touchdown run at a two point conversion to a pull within three, uh, 19 carry. Let me look at his carries real quick. Uh, I know it was 139 for Tyler Algier here. And, uh, you know, the rookie fifth round pick out of BYU, 17 carries for 139, 8.2 a carry. He had a long of 42 yards and one touchdown. So, the Falcons have found a running back. That is for sure. Here's what Tyler had to say about his runs in the game against the Saints.
2: No, it was good. I think um, it was a big momentum swing. big momentum swing, And then uh, just getting our offense into a scoring score position. Then we ended up doing that.
1: Coach said, hey, he's the guy that uh, the defenders don't want to keep trying to tackle. <laughs> As the game goes on,
2: did you sense that today? Oh, no, for sure. Um. But I think not just me, but the O line, O line receivers are blocking their tails off. And I think um, that's what really uh, sprung the runs, sprung my runs, sprung CP's runs, and all of the all the other receivers that and the touchdown the ball there
1: In the touchdown run, what broke clear for you on that? And then on the conversion, where you, like you bounced it out outside.
2: Oh yeah, we just needed a score. So, you know, I think um, in the huddle, everyone just had that mindset, and we yeah. ended up we ended up doing it. And I'm getting uh, the team in a good position to have a chance.
3: At the end.
1: Linebacker Rashawn Evans, uh, I do believe still would have been a signal caller today with uh, Michael Edwards not playing as much because they went with Troy Anderson in the linebacker court today, and uh, they wanted to get a little bigger, wanted to stop the run a little better, and so uh, the rookie was uh, starting today. So we um, checked in with Evans on not having Dean DMPs out there on the field today.
0: It's always a big blow whenever your defensive coordinator goes down. And, uh you know, my prayers go up to him as well. Um, You know, a guy that, you know, we depend on as a defense, you know, to make the calls and put us in good positions. And I still think Frank Bush did a hell of a job as far as, you know, moving his place. I think just overall, man, you know, Dean is, you know, he's at the age right now, you know, uh to be able to, you know, do the things that he's doing at a high level. You know, it always hurts, man, to be able to
1: have a guy like that go down. Well, we had one of the questions in the mailbag was about the close games and what's that? What that means? I mean, that's just the NFL at this point, and the better teams win. You know, the Eagles are, you know, they're starting to pull away. You know, uh, the Bengals are pulling away, the Chiefs are pulling away, and the rest of their teams—they're all out there, you know, just doing the best they can. Uh, one old scribe, uh, Jeff um, Duncan, from down here. Uh called it a uh, pillow fight between two NFC South teams. So when you get some better players and better teams, you'll get out of these close game pillow fights and so forth and uh um, you know start establishing, you know, who you are and your identity. Uh and you know, you just gotta pick and, and choose, you know, uh what's important as you move forward. They could run the ball. That's big. So that's not gonna not get better. That's it's not gonna, you know, um, go away. So you could build around a team that could run the ball. Now they got to stop some people on defense, get a pass rush, get some coverage to go with the run game and then put some passing with that. So, you know, they're building here. They didn't want to call it a rebuilding job, but that's what it is. And here is what Rashawn Evans had to say on playing so many close games this season.
0: Yeah, man, this is kind of one of the first situations I've been in where, you know, it's every game is close. You lose every game that's close. So, um, you know, it just kind of it, it gives you a good feeling of knowing that, you know, there's still some fight. There's still um, opportunities to be able to win games. It's just finding that whatever that is, in order to finish games, in order to win games. So, um, like I said, man, we just got to make sure we finish these next three games, man, uh, and, and hopefully we can place ourselves in a good position.
1: Well, we're going to close out with uh, Lorenzo Carter on the audio, and uh, then we're going to go over some of the game notes here to make sure we got all the stats and all the all the, all the good stuff covered, all the football um, nuggets covered. But here is Lorenzo Carter on a couple things about the defense. Uh, and I, I use the one quote as the lead in the story about um, the playoffs. He had some interesting things to say. He's like, hey, man, let's just talk about getting a win. You know, the playoffs is the playoffs. We, you know, they lost three in a row, five of the last six. So, yeah, playoff talk, done. it didn't really, Lorenzo wasn't feeling the playoff talk. He said, hey, let's get a win. So, here is Lorenzo Carter on all things Falcons defense and playoffs. Uh, how tough was it on the unit when y'all saw the coach or Dean get sick before the game? Oh.
3: It wasn't that tough. I mean, it was unfortunate. Uh, we said our little prayers for him, but at the end of the day, it's the next man up. And I think coaches did a good job just making sure everything was on the same page and everything was rolling.
1: How about, um, you know, what was the key to, to uh, settling down? They had a couple drives there, then you got to kind of put your foot down on these
3: uh, things. Just, just being ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. We had to settle in and understand that we got to play our brand of football and just mm-hmm. just tighten up the little things, and that's what we did. So that's all you can ask.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, you know, how hard, uh, how tough is this to lose? Like, got another one score game. I think it's 4-7 now. Yeah, it's
3: tough, but it's our job. So... Mm-hmm. We got to do what we got to do to put ourselves in position to win and accept the results and get ready to go back and start next week.
1: And uh, what do y'all look at the playoff thing and still? I mean, it's not, uh, you
3: know, y'all not eliminated. You still gotta get on the road, maybe. Uh, Yeah, I mean, right now we're just taking one game at a time. Um, Playoffs, that's, if we get in, we get in, but right now we just gotta win.
1: Well, all right we're gonna wrap up with some notes here from the uh Caesar Superdome, and uh I'll get on out of here and this is a short week so we'll be jumping uh this week too um I gotta we gotta figure out uh you know what the adjustments we want um they'll go Monday Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday no off day the team will be off tomorrow but coach Smith will be speaking and we'll be there for that uh, I think we're gonna do a Tyler algier follow-up story because he's off to a a great start here. We got some stuff from him that we didn't use. So we'll uh, come back with that. I felt um, the sidebar today on AJC.com was on on the defense and how they operated without Dean Pease. So the Falcons uh, had 320 net yards, 231 rushing. That was the most in a single game since week 15 of the 2016 season. Uh, The Falcons' offense has rushed for 2,297 yards. Through 15 weeks and marks only the fifth time in franchise history, the Falcons have rushed for over 2,250 yards in that span since the first time and the first time since 2006. So a lot of rushing stuff. And you could, once you got the running in, you can build off of it. And they'll certainly be trying to do that as they move forward here. The uh, Falcons offense has rushed for more than 100 yards in 12 consecutive games. For the sixth time in franchise history and the first time since 2006. So y'all know back then I was my Vick time, right? 2006. Then uh, went sideways the next year. The captains today were Grady Jarrett, Young Ho Cool, Young Way Cool, I'm sorry, Chris Lindstrom, Jake Matthews, Cordell Patterson, and A.J. Terrell. Offensive notes, we had Algiers, 139 yards. He's got a 743 on the season. He passed Jarius Norwood, who had 633, for the second most rushing yards by a rookie in franchise history. Trails only William Andrews, who went for 1,023 and 79. So uh, with three games to go, that's within striking distance. So that'd be pretty big of... If uh, the rookie can get uh, over 1,000. Coderrell Patterson had 52 yards on 14 carries, one touchdown, uh, his sixth of the season, and 20th rushing touchdown of his career. Uh, Drake London had the 7-for-7 with 11 targets. Defensively, Rashawn Evans led the way with 10 sacks, a tackle for a loss, a quarterback hit, and a sack his second of the season, and fifth of his career. Outside linebacker Lorenzo Carter had five tackles, one quarterback hit, one fumble recovery, and a sack. Grady Jarrett had five tackles, uh, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit, and half of a sack. Jalen Hawkins finished with six tackles, four solo, and a career-high two-passes defense. And defensive lineman Abdullah Anderson had a career-high six total tackles. So there we go, some offensive and defensive notes. I want to flip uh, to the game book real quick, make sure we had everything. One thing we got. Um, I want to do here in the game book is the third downs. We've been harping on that all year. Wasn't good again, uh, 45.5%, uh, 5 of 11 for the defense. The Saints made five of 11 third downs, you know, so that's right around where they're giving them up at 47-4 coming into the game. So that uh, is where they're at. So let's go ahead and get out of here and get ready to get up to Baltimore on Christmas Eve for some Christmas Eve football between the Atlanta Falcons and the Baltimore Ravens. So with that, you all take care and have a great rest of your week.